Hi, I'm Gavin Giovannoni. This is a MSLV podcast uh, that comes right after uh, my summer holiday. The, the reason why you haven't received a podcast or newsletter from me is that I've been away for the last uh, 10, 10 days um, uh, on my uh, late summer holiday. While I was on holiday, I had a lot of time to reflect and think about multiple sclerosis research, uh, the practice uh, management uh, of multiple sclerosis, and how the changing uh, environment we live in is going to impact on what happens in the near future. And the reason why I say this, I think we are at a crossroads where things are changing very rapidly, mainly driven by developments in information technology. And so what I will do over the next few weeks is I'll cover uh, these issues in a lot more detail, particularly the most exciting current MS research, changes in the practice of neurology that I think will impact on the diagnosis and management of MS. And I'll also go into the unmet need in terms of the management of MS. Um, so just to give you a uh, an overview of some of the issues, uh, while I was catching up on some of my journal reading this morning, I read a perspective in the New England Journal of Medicine on the management of patients with dementia. And the article was a perspective article, um, and the, it was entitled Towards uh, Jerry Neuropalliative Care for Patients uh, with Dementia. And I was particularly struck by the following paragraph, and I'll read it word for word, um, that comes in the, the first half of the uh, article. As things stand, Americans with dementia and their care partners face extensive care gaps and fragmentation, even if they are well-resourced and can access clinics associated with Alzheimer's disease research centers. Specialty memory care clinics provide diagnosis and annual appointments focused on medical management. Even when they are available, psychosocial supports are insufficient to address all the needs of patients. In interviews, persons with dementia and their care partners describe their need for adaptive support in managing progressive changes in distressing behavioral symptoms, function, and social connections. Interviewees said they wanted prognostic information and anticipatory guidance specific to dementia to inform their treatment decisions, financial planning, home adaptations, and transitions uh, between settings. On finishing this article, and I think you can read it, it's open access on the New England Journal of Medicine website, and there's a link in the newsletter to get there. Um, It's quite clear that this perspective could have been written about multiple sclerosis. The issues people with MS have regarding their long-term management are not too dissimilar to patients with Alzheimer's or dementia. In other words, it's a chronic progressive or worsening condition, and over time your care needs change. And uh, yes, people with MS, and I'm, all I'm doing, uh, I'm swats, uh, uh, swapping out Alzheimer's and putting multiple sclerosis in there, want prognostic information, anticipatory guidance specific to MS to inform their treatment decisions, financial planning, home adaptations, and transitions between settings. So this paper, um, I know, is written as a call to arms for the holistic management of dementia, and I've been using MS Selfie as a platform uh, and calling for something very similar uh, for people with multiple sclerosis and the management of MS. And, uh, you know, when I actually reflect on how we manage MS now, I know that most MS centers are primarily focused on the diagnosis uh, 
of, of multiple sclerosis, getting that diagnosis right, and then on MS disease modifying therapies and the monitoring of those therapies, both in terms of the effectiveness as well as looking for the adverse events or the pharmacovigilance associated with that. And there's very little resource left. Uh, you know, there's too little time and resources to manage many of the symptoms that people with multiple sclerosis have. I'm not saying this about all clinics, but I'm talking about, uh, you know, in resource poor environments. And the NHS at the moment is under the, uh, the cosh. We have a crisis in terms of staffing, et cetera. And so we don't have enough time in clinical practice to, to get through all the MS symptoms. Um, and also a lot of the MS symptoms are, are, are not specific to MS. They also can occur in other conditions. So they often require additional input from allied healthcare professionals. It could be psychologists, psychiatrists, podiatrists, physiotherapists, occupational therapists, continence advisors, you name it, you know, people who do rehabilitation. And so what happens is this often leads to disjointed care and people with multiple sclerosis are shunted around rather than getting everything done in one, in, in, in one clinic. So one way I thought about addressing the fragmented care people with multiple sclerosis have to deal with is by giving them the knowledge and tools to self-manage their symptoms as best they can. However, self-management is easier said than done. And despite, you know, as an example, despite writing MSLF in newsletters about many of your many of the symptomatic problems you would suffer from you know many readers and subscribers still ask questions over and over again on topics i've previously covered so in other words the dissemination of information is often not sufficient to deal with this with this problem and to you know uh, activate people to self-manage so one of the th plans is to start an online ms selfie self-management course i mean this course will have to be a lot more uh, have to be very cleverly thought out and implemented so it doesn't just you know repeat what i'm doing on ms selfie disseminate information and i think one of the things i'm thinking about doing is designing self-management flowcharts i want to keep them simple or algorithms um, that will allow you to do as much as possible yourself at home uh, before asking for help from a healthcare professional so when you go to a healthcare professional you can have a printout of the flowchart and you can show what you've done and the HCP can then help with the the part of the flowchart that needs maybe investigations or prescriptions or drug, you know, therapeutic trials, for example. So the question I'm asking you as a listener or reader, would you would a self-assessment and self-management flowcharts for administrative symptoms be helpful? Um, <clears throat> uh, now, regarding uh, MS multiple sclerosis, I think there are three core symptoms that I would like to start with. These tend to be poorly managed in clinical practice and are very, very common amongst the MS community. This is insomnia, poor sleep, fatigue, and cognitive problems. So these are quite nebulous symptoms, and they're very difficult to sort out in a two-minute or five-minute consultation or at the end of a you know an annual follow-up review. These have a, a, a lot of questions and investigations that need to be done to sort out all of these problems. And I think if you take any one of those symptoms, insomnia, fatigue, or cognitive problems, and you assess it you know, systematically, uh, the assessments actually will have to cover almost all other MS-related symptoms. You know, so uh, um, this is one of the reasons why I'd want to focus on these problems. Uh, and the question I want to ask you is, do you agree with these three as, a, as the, the trial run? 
But before embarking on a large body uh, of work that is going to be uh, time-consuming from my perspective, um, and I'm thinking about creating a click-through self-management algorithm for each of these symptoms, I would appreciate your input on whether you think it's worth it. You know, am I reinventing wheel, a wheel that already exists out there? Uh, and have you found other resources helpful in this area? And if you have, please share them with me or with, with the community. Um, I probably would prioritize sleep because I actually think sleep is an integrator of many of the symptomatic problems associated with having multiple sclerosis. And if you can sort out MS-related sleep problems, in other words, uh, getting you to sleep better, uh, that will almost certainly catalyze the, the holistic management of MS because you can't tackle sleep without tackling all the other issues. Uh, you know, poor sleep hygiene, use of stimulant, um, restless legs, pain, bladder problems, bowel problems, depression, anxiety, these all impact on sleep. So sleep is kind of like a... Um, uh, a, a biological marker of other problems that haven't been sorted out. Um, and so, you know, you can't really tackle, for example, uh, fatigue and cognitive problems unless you're sleeping well because poor sleep actually results in fatigue and results in poor cognition and attention and concentration. So it's kind of like an upstream uh, symptom that needs to be sorted out first before you can tackle the, the downstream consequences of having poor sleep. Some of you may or may not have read my previous uh, MSLF newsletter on sleep, so I've actually put a link in the, in the newsletter for that to read about it. Anyway, this is just a... Uh, um, <clears throat> A short uh, podcast just to say to you what I plan over the next few weeks and months and I'd like your input onto that and just to say that I'm uh, now doing a, a weekly Q&A session uh, when people ask me questions that aren't related to a particular newsletter or podcast um, I, I do it in a, uh, a different format now where I'm going to answer questions in a single newsletter um, and that will be for paying subscribers. Um, you know, I just want to maintain and stress that MS Selfie is a free, so uh, the podcasts and the newsletters are free. It's only for uh, unrelated questions um, that I'm, I'm going to ask, limit them to paying subscribers. And I probably will open up those question and answer sessions, say, six months later, so they become uh, available for everybody else to listen to. Um, and the reason why I'm, ha I'm, ha I'm uh, doing it is because people are asking me a professional service, essentially, and I simply don't have the bandwidth myself to maintain the MSLV uh, microsite uh, and to run this initiative, and I need to uh, hire people. I need to pay for people to help me, and that's why I need the resources for, uh, uh, my medical, for a medical writer and a website designer you know, who maintain the MSLV initiative. Um, however, if you want to have access to those and you really can't afford to become a paying subscriber, just drop me an email. The email address is on the newsletter uh, and I will, you know, obviously give you a complimentary one. This is not about, uh, um, you know, <clears throat> you know, this is, I want this to be a resource for the world, uh, you know, for any, anybody who's got MS or associated with MS. And it's not about uh, restricting uh, uh, access based on financial need. So if you want to listen to the question and answer sessions uh, and you can't afford to become a paying subscriber, 
just drop me an email and I'll make and I'll give you complimentary access to the uh, the paid services. Thank you.